Hello and welcome finally to season three. There was a lot of info in the last season and it took a little longer for me to record it all, but that is likely similar to your wedding planning experience where you spend a lot of time in that vendor phase. You're likely still in the midst of the vendor phase. So right about now is a common place to get decision fatigue and feel like this event should be good and planned already. Remember that building the wedding of your dreams is no small task. I compare wedding planning to a group project, like the ones you were assigned in school, a group project that you are undertaking with all of your family and friends. Just like with group projects, there's division of labor and different work styles coming together. Weddings are multifaceted events. There's multiple events surrounding your event and multiple events within your wedding day. If you've struggled or if you are struggling, now is another chance to renew your energy toward your planning for this final three-month push. This season is all about final phase coordination. The first few episodes will help you in this three-month out mark. Then the rest will be tasked to do more like one month out from your event. So just like with the six-month out checklist slash check-in, if you did listen to that episode, this episode is going to be similar in the way that you might feel a little overwhelmed at the end of it. We're going to be talking about a lot of the things that you should be doing. And so just get a pen and paper out. And if you feel like you hear something you still need to do, write it down. But don't be overwhelmed because just like with the six-month check-in, at the end of this episode, there's going to be some time for you to do all those tasks before you hit the one-month out mark. With that, welcome again to season three. Let's dive in. Okay, quick caveat. Every couple is unique in their timeline and where exactly they are at this point in their wedding planning. I'm still going to do my best to give you a checklist because some people, myself included, we just like checklists. We like checking things off our list. We like making lists. And if you're that type of person, then we're going to go through a list right now. And then we're going to do a little bit more of a check-in. We're going to talk about some of the particularities that might make you unique if you haven't done all of these things. If you've had over an eight-month engagement and you've been actively planning for the majority of that engagement, I'll expect this to be your checklist. You've celebrated and announced your engagement. You invited your bridal party, meaning you asked your groomsmen and bridesmaids to be in the wedding if you're having a bridal party. You determined who will be your officiant, and you've asked them as well as anyone else that's going to be in the wedding ceremony, flower girls, ring bearers, ushers, that type of thing. You found and booked a venue. You have an understanding of your budget. You sent save the dates and an invitation or just an invitation to your guest list. You built your website, created a registry, and found a wedding dress. Then let's say you've hired most of your vendors. Go down the list and it's possible you haven't done all these yet, but the most common wedding vendors I see for events are a wedding coordinator or planner, Rentals, this could be tables and chairs, a wedding arch, heat lamps, anything to outfit your venue or your guests in some way. Catering and beverages, cake or dessert, photography, videography, florist, music, if that's a DJ and a band or just a DJ, hair and makeup artists, photo booth, portable restrooms, valet parking or shuttle services if needed, wedding rings, the bands for both of you. Wedding day of outfits for the bridesmaids and groomsmen, if that is in your domain. A wedding dress and or a wedding suit for you, the couple. And any additional decor for the wedding. So again, if this is you, you've had eight months to diligently plan your wedding. 
and now you're at the three month out mark, here's your homework for the next two months before you check into that one month out checklist. Finish off hiring any additional vendors you need, anything on that list you haven't booked, or if there's other vendors that weren't on that list, reach out to and hire those vendors. Look forward on your calendar for these last three months and plan out how those additional bridal showers, bachelorette parties, or other peripheral events are going to fall on your calendar. Book your dream honeymoon. Maybe get ahead in buying those gratitude gifts for your family and your fiance. There's going to be an episode coming up all about gift buying and some good ideas for that. Buy any additional decor needed for the wedding. Plan out your beauty regimen and get into the right rhythm for your hair, your nails, your waxes and tanning, anything related to looking your best. You can book those appointments now because you might want to get on the right cadence for your hair highlights or whatever it is. And moving into the last phase, it will be a really detail-oriented phase where yes, you booked your DJ, but did you give your DJ all the specialty songs? Did you need to book a hair and makeup trial, that type of thing? So the last thing I would say that you should do is put together a master list of all of the vendors that you've booked. Put your their contact name, their company name, um, the phone number, maybe what time they're scheduled to arrive. Create a document of all of those vendors. Just get that really organized and look back through and make some notes on your calendar for anything deadline-wise that's coming up in the next three months. Maybe you need to give your caterer the final headcount numbers by a certain date, or you need to give your DJ that, that worksheet the week before the wedding, that type of thing. Put all of those onto a calendar, however it's going to be best for you to remember them. Now, let's say you had less than an eight-month engagement. Or for whatever reason, something stalled out your planning and now you're at the three-month mark, but you really haven't had that much time. Basically, I would say that a couple was in good shape if they have accomplished the first phase of their wedding planning and they were beginning to book their vendors. The first phase of the wedding planning really is brainstorming your dream wedding and announcing your engagement, creating a budget, finding and booking a venue, making a guest list, and drafting and sending those invitations. Make a website, build a registry, and ask bridesmaids and groomsmen to participate. So if you've had a limited amount of time planning, remember the core four. Date, venue, guest list, and budget. Anything you can do to secure those major building blocks is a good use of your time. And then when you go to book your vendors, you have less time than someone who's had a much longer engagement. What's going to be helpful to you is to do some of the steps that someone with a longer engagement is going to do over time, you're going to do it all at once. So people with an eight-month engagement, they may reach out, book a vendor, and give them a deposit. And then a couple months pass, and they're going to check back in, and they're going to give that vendor everything they need. You know, like the DJ needs the list of all the songs you want. You may do all these things in one step. So instead of booking all your vendors in a step, and then checking back in with them and giving them all the details, you need to do your core four items of your event, Really get your event flushed out to a point and maybe even take a look at the scheduling episode. I'm going to have an episode where I talk about creating your wedding day schedule. That way, when you reach out to your vendors, you're able to provide them with a lot of the information they need to really skip a lot of the like fluff steps and instead pay them a deposit, get them a good game plan and seek to check back in with them only a couple weeks before the wedding. So I'm going to go over that vendor list one more time for you. If you're this shorter engagement season, write these down for all the vendors you may need to reach out to. But again, focus first on the event, and then you're going to be doing these a little bit more rapid fire, maybe doing them all at once, doing them in batches, 
um, having less time to go back and forth with them. So instead trying to hop on the phone and really get things situated for your vendors. So your vendor list would be a wedding coordinator or planner, rentals, catering and beverage, cake and dessert, photography, videography, florist, music, hair and makeup artists, photo booth, portable restroom valet parking or shuttle service if needed, wedding rings, wedding day of outfits for the bridesmaids and groomsmen, a wedding dress and a wedding suit for you, the couple, and any additional decor. If you've had a shorter engagement season and you're really looking to optimize these next three months, I would also say that you should take a look at your calendar. Seek to block off the weekends leading up to your wedding event. If you can give yourself that last month to really diligently plan, you're going to be able to get a lot accomplished. Also, maybe try to coordinate with your partner. If they're taking their bachelor or bachelorette party on a certain weekend, can you also have your party, bachelor or bachelorette party, on that same weekend, even if they aren't a joint event, so that you aren't traveling one weekend and then your partner's traveling another weekend and you've lost two of the weekends leading up to your wedding, so you're not able to get, come together and do the planning. So if you can coordinate in that regard, that's helpful. You can't always, but it could be smart to at least coordinate your calendars and try to find a couple weekends that you both have free that you're going to block off and say, we're home and we're going to do some of the wedding tasks that weekend. I harp on this point because I don't think that enough people do that one month out really is a critical time for your wedding. Even if you are really diligent and and giving your vendors all the information they need, there's just a level of detail where you have to run back through each vendor, what they need, putting their email on a master list, making sure they know where to park. All this stuff is going to come into play as well as tasks that you couldn't have done before a month out, like getting your marriage license, making your seating chart. There's a lot of firming things up and it just takes time and it's a bit tedious and it requires concentration. So I think that's really where people are overwhelmed if they feel like they're still trying to book and plan things. And then they're also trying to really solidify other elements of the event. So if you're at this three month out mark right now, I really want you to spend this time booking any of those additional vendors, getting your dream team in place as far as the people who are going to be making your event come to life and doing a lot of the things that you can do before one month out. So yeah, can you get a dress off the rack or even order one online the month of your wedding? Of course you can. Can you buy gifts for your bridesmaids and groomsmen the the month of the wedding? Yes. But if you've got time to do it now, better to do some of those things now and just try to free the path for you to be problem solving and troubleshooting things and also really making a good game plan. The one thing I hear a lot that I don't agree with is like, it's all going to get done. (laughs) I'm so sorry to say someone has to do it. You can pay someone to do it. You can ask for help from your friends, but it won't all get done unless someone does it. So that's something that I don't want to like discourage couples, but I want to kind of shake them a little bit by the shoulders and be like, It's not just going to magically get done. You have to do it. So stay diligent. In some cases, I feel couples just need a break at this point, but book your honeymoon if you need a break. Do something that's life-giving as far as dress shopping or picking out outfits or booking your hair appointments uh, leading up to the event. You know, do something that can give you that positive feeling like you're moving forward with your event, even if you're really stressed about certain elements that you need to delegate or you need to just take a quick break from. 
something that might just be fun for you. Um, I referenced this a little bit at the beginning, but create your personal beauty and wedding style for the whole wedding weekend. So maybe there's lots of looks you want to have. You want to have a really cute look for the rehearsal dinner. And then there's a day after the event's brunch that you want to have a cute look. Maybe that's like a fun adventure for you to go down that road and just plan that for yourself. And that'll make you feel like you're really ready. You're looking at some jewelry online, or maybe you're even borrowing sentimental items from your family for those kind of looks. Um, That's another fun aside that you can have if that's life-giving to you. Also, are you equipping your bridesmaids and groomsmen to be prepared for the weekend as well? Something that you want to look at is the time of your rehearsal ceremony the day before the wedding. Bridesmaids and groomsmen need to plan their travel. Maybe they have already, but make sure that they know if they need to be at the ceremony rehearsal Friday, usually it's around like 3 or 4 p.m., kind of same time, but 24 hours before your wedding day ceremony, then they may need to know that for their travel. Um, But let people know, and otherwise they're going to probably find out at sort of these peripheral events, but some people get the info and some people don't. So something more formal to make sure that they know what's expected of them for the weekend is helpful at this point. Now that there's only a couple months left and they're able to kind of have their eyes on the prize for your wedding. A note on decor. Now is a time to be careful with Pinterest. Pinterest is a great tool for brainstorming initial visions of your dream day um, and also like dream aesthetic for your wedding. And then also just things that you literally might want to implement. You see a photo and you say, that's exactly what I want to do. And I'm going to break down how they did it and do it myself. But every time you see something on Pinterest that has something for each individual guest, like I just saw a super cute photo with something on each individual plate, like this little um, like painted pumpkin. And then there was another thing I saw, this, this wall of champagne glasses. That was the way that you knew where to find your seat. Listen, those things are so cute. But if you've got a 150 person wedding, Are you painting 150 pumpkins? Are you hiring someone to be pouring 150 glasses of champagne, carefully setting them on a wall? That's got to happen during your ceremony, right? Those those champagne glasses can't sit there for an hour. So think through sort of at this phase in your wedding, now that you know your venue, you know a lot of the details of your event, be careful to not just go down a Pinterest rabbit hole um, and create things that are just going to be, you know, not sustainable, not making sense for your event. Now, if you've got a 20-person wedding, maybe you do want to do some of those special touches. Or you want to do special touches that are just features of spaces and you don't need an individual thing for each guest. That might make sense as well. So I think like that number one mistake I see for Pinterest people is like trying to do something for each guest that is just very labor intensive. And then they hate themselves for hot gluing things, you know, deep into the night, the week before the wedding, trying to make these individual card holders or what have you. The next mistake I see from people who love Pinterest is they'll see an image and really latch onto it and want to put it somewhere in their event. But like there's a photo I'm thinking specifically that I've just seen on Pinterest, this beautiful installation flower moment with this side seating area. And I could see couples really latching onto that. But then what I would say to them is you want to spend the budget for your flower installation in places that are really well trafficked and seen from all different vantage points. You don't want to have this side seating area that's over to, you know, around the deck where only a few people are going to enjoy it. You might want to take that flower arrangement idea and maybe put it more on the tables in the reception area or the arch in your ceremony. So don't over decorate kind of insignificant places. In fact, in some cases, I would say don't decorate places that are insignificant really at all. Save those decorations for really the right 
areas of your event that are big, important areas. Unless you have an endless budget, work with your florist and your wedding coordinator and choose a few big impact moments in places your guests will see, hopefully for the majority of the evening. My episode interviewing a florist actually talked about this, and she says she really focuses with the couple on the ceremony arch, the bridal bouquet, and the reception tables as the best places to spend your time and money with decor. Hallways, side seating areas, even your cake, these might be simpler or even non-decorated spaces that allow the other spaces to really pop. This is a little secret that's counterintuitive, but if there's elements of your space that you don't like, you could cover them up or try to decorate over them, but often I find it's better to do nothing instead of drawing attention to those spaces. So many people want to beautify like the wall or the floor that they don't like or a light fixture that they can't change, but they can't stand it. You know, shoestring couples, like if you if you have an endless budget, then disregard. But if you want to make sure your budget is going as far as possible, I would say turn the lights down if you can. Create other forms of mood lighting. Maybe pay for string light or ask your DJ to bring more ambiance. And then focus your budget on beautifying things that are then beautiful. Like don't, you know, tie a ribbon around something that you don't want your guests to notice. They'll just notice it more. Or even hanging like a sheet of black gossamer over a window that you hate. I would say just do nothing in those places and instead have this really beautiful table in front of it. That's what people are going to focus on. So Pinterest carefully and bite off what you can chew now that you're only a few months away from your wedding. Remember, if you haven't sent your invitations yet, you should do so soon. Listen to the extensive episodes I have on creating and sending those and make that a goal for the next few weeks. Okay, with that, thanks for checking in. Best of luck and I'll see you next time. Yeah.